City Fears Podcast, episode 31. Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual heroes gamer. Your hosts, Chooch and Viv, are here to explain basic and advanced features of COH, as well as give tips and answer your questions about this great MMO. is huge so what a week (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt status huge you want to tell us about that the t-shirts are live (laughs) they are posted so you can go to cohpodcast.com slash merch m-e-r-c-h how are we pronouncing that wrong (laughs) 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 merche And you can see the designs. There's a little widget there that lets you see the gallery. Widget for the win. And a link to purchase Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the buy button. Or you can click the link to Zazzle.com, which is the provider that we're using to make the shirts. Yep. They're an on-demand shirt maker. Right. There are several designs. Well, there's like two designs, but they're done different ways to give mm-hmm. variety. There's different some colors. Girl-friendly designs, and some, you know, y- you know, either male or female designs. <laughs> there's something special there for the villains too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with all of them, you can take the basic design that we've created, and you can change the actual T-shirt. Like the style of t-shirt, because mm-hmm. they've got long sleeve and short sleeve Tank and women's tops. cuts. and Yeah. Yeah. Baby onesies. and Yeah, baby onesies. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish we had a baby. Can we have a baby so we can put a onesie on it? No. Because <sighs> my niece will never let me put one of those on her son. It'll never happen. Hmm. Could put one on Boo Boo Bunny. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Boo-Boo Bunny's getting one now. (laughs) I hope you know what you've done. Boo-Boo Bunny's getting her own shirt. In addition to choosing the style of shirt, you can further modify, as Brian Katarski had discovered. Yeah. And actually, I'd love to comment, which I'm going to read out of order right now. Yeah, he's going to read. Yeah, he's just going to mess me up. (laughs) So Brian had written, this is sweet. I picked a different shirt style that was slightly cheaper, but I added my at global name plus the City of Heroes logo and my natural and tanker icons. And the total only went to eighteen ninety five, twenty three ninety four after shipping. I'm gonna buy my girlfriend flowers in the morning and then ask her <laughs> if we can fit the shirt into this week's budget. Here is a look at the back, and then he gave a link. Yeah. Um, to what it looked like, and it looked really awesome. Yeah, it's got the C O H logo, and it's got his global underneath it, and then on either side of that framed, it's got mm-hmm. the natural lo- um, logo and the tinker logo. Icons, on the, yeah. Yeah, and it looks really cute. <laughs> I'm sorry, cool. And it looked really good. And so my reply in the comments that I also put in the forums. Well, back it up. This sent me into a cold stone panic (laughs) because we had gone through the whole, we're not doing it for profit. So Mm -hmm. then we should be able to use 
the licensed images from the game and stuff like that. Right. When we went to, when Chooch went to publish it at Zazzle to make it the shop go live, he found out everything has to have a profit. Right. So we then went back and looked at the designs again to strip out anything that was mm-hmm. licensed so that we wouldn't get burned or sued or yeah. you know, whatever. Part of the, the City Heroes fan agreement right, when is you-, you can use game elements as long as it's not for profit. Right. So, you know, that's why it's just our logo and nothing from the game elements. So when I saw that, I kind of freaked out. So Chooch went back and read everything on Zazzle that he could find on it and then came up with this reply that he's going to read to you now. While Zazzle allows customers to modify designs, you have to keep in mind that using any copyright or trademark text or images violates both the Zazzle user agreement and the NCSoft or City of Heroes terms of use. Right. Technically, these shirts are sold at a profit since Zazzle won't let us go below 10% royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, believe me, I tried to change this to zero. <laughs> I looked through all the facts and they wouldn't let us. This is why we use 100% original artwork for our designs. And we didn't use the official logo or character images or any other in-game elements. So I'm not saying don't customize the shirts to personalize them. I just want to be clear that we're not responsible if your Zazzle account gets closed, your City of Heroes account gets suspended or banned or you get sued by ncsoft <laughs> right which we don't want any of that stuff to happen no. but but you have to keep that in mind that yeah i don't believe it impacts our storefront because what you do when you modify it is between you and the companies involved and not right. you know not us between us we don't have any control over what you do with it I mean, and we had the con- we had a lengthy conversation this morning mm-hmm. and it was similar to you know you could buy a tinkerbell shirt off of the disney website get home and use your own printer kit and put some changes to it. You know, there's no control once, you know, it leaves our closed little shop area and you customize it. But we want you guys to be careful if you do decide to modify them that way so that you don't get burned. Because then I'd feel guilty anyways. (laughs) I don't think they're going to be looking or I don't think it's really an issue, but we have to make it clear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the profit thing, you know, we're really sorry about. We were really trying to just get this out there as cheaply as possible mm-hmm. to you guys. And the side benefit was, well, if it's not for profit, then, you know, maybe we could use the logo or we could use, you know, one of our friends had this really great concept that used the scanner and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, it, we're disappointed on both sides. Yeah. But, we're, our, you know, our hands are kind of tied on it. Because we just do not have the time or the resources to do a bulk order. That would be one design and everybody would be locked into. I really right. love... One design, one color. Yeah. And we've already got, you know, somebody that's ordered two different designs, you know, from the store. Just different shirts on, mm-hmm. um, with the design. So there's a lot of flexibility on there that's cool. Like now I can get one for Boo Boo Bun Bun. <laughs> and it's interesting. I thought I had picked the least expensive shirt. Yeah. I picked the plain, you know, the basic white t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's really high quality. They're the Haynes BPTs yeah, tagless. It's and, nice. It's yeah. soft. So, apparently, you can reduce a little bit. So, the basic designs we have up there, I think they, they come out to like fourteen ninety five, mm. like 15 bucks each. Yeah. And apparently, you can change the quality of the shirt and make yeah. it a little cheaper. Well, there's little spaghetti <laughs> strap tanks and there's, yeah. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of stuff. And I think that we might look at some of the other merchandise up there like, I want a coffee mug. I gotta tell you that. Oh, Yeah. Mouse want, pads and coffee mugs yeah. and stamps. And I, I think, you know, and we'll just put up the stuff that interests us. But if you guys see something that you like, let us know and we'll add that too. Mm-hmm. But I am I know I want a coffee mug. Mm-hmm. Want? 
<laughs> so yeah, that's the status on the shirts. So they're they there. Are live. And well, one more thing about the shirts though is that mm. our tween is home. Yay! Mm-hmm. And he noticed that we don't have green. Right, which I thought I had made. I really thought you we, had because it's his favorite that's color. That's favorite color. And apparently I didn't. So there will be a green logo yeah. coming soon. Right. It'll be the same logo with kind of the, that you see on the ID3 art. With the starburst. And, yeah. yeah. But it'll be green instead of blue. Mm-hmm. That's, that'll be the only difference. So, cause it was like, I, and I, and I think you've probably got it in your file. You just didn't upload it probably. Cause I swear I thought I saw a green one. Yes. We'll get that happening. And next, I think, well, this might be what they were as, hoping for first. Hmm. This is the contest winner. That's right. The Twilight Guardian contest. Yeah, we've got to do the drawing. We were waiting to do that live. I have. And you know what you have to yell. You know what you have to yell after you pull the name. Oh, you're going to pull the name. I'm pulling the name. What do I have to yell? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to play blackjack? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. (laughs) I've just always wanted to use that phrase and I've never been able to. He's shaking up this all the, the entries. High tech random paper yes. on in a CD spindle top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he got all the names out and he was looking and around. We're like, away. what are we gonna put these in? And I was like, oh, hello, spindle cap. <laughs> Winner one is Chris Sawyer. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Winner two is Nod. All right. Congrats. So Chris Sawyer and Nod, you both win a copy of Twilight Guardian. Mm-hmm. And we will get the information to Troy today. With your signing preference. Right. With your address and your signing preference. And he'll get those in the mail for you. So congrats and thank you for entering. And hooray, hooray. Yeah, thanks for entering and... We were very excited by the turnout. Yep. Lots of entries and very cool to see. Yep. And of course, we will, you know, shred any personal data anybody sent to us. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) You're not going to go on the Amway list or anything. No. Definitely not. So congratulations, Nod and Chris Sawyer. Huzzah. Congrats. And the SG, I wanted to say for folks that are in the podcast SG on Guardian, Mm -hmm. thank you for all of you that have been powerhouses on Prestige Earnings. Oh, yeah. I went over there the other day to do some invites and ended up tweaking the base a little bit more because I had more Prestige to play with. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. And again, I'm not going to do anything extensive, but I did have enough to add the larger telepad rooms. So mm. now we have two telepads, which we had before, but we have the ability to have four beacons instead of just two beacons. Very cool. So now we have beacons to Atlas Park, Hollows, Steel Canyon, and Talos. The thought on cool. that was that those were frequently traveled zones. Mm-hmm. And those are zones that are most useful when you don't have the Ouroboros portal. Once right. you have the Ouroboros portal, you probably aren't going to be using the base that much. Mm-hmm. But it takes you to, like, Peregrine Island, which was one of the zones that I was going to put a beacon for. Okay. But, you know, you'll get the Ouroboros portal before Peregrine Island's used Talos is always a, a hub for me. Yeah. Because you get more if you sell your your enhancements exactly. to the or, correct origin stores. Yeah. And it's a small island, so all the stores are quick and easy to get to. Yeah. It's got a consignment house. Yeah. 
It's all right there. Yeah. It's Nami. Yep. And I put hollows there because that's where we'll be on our next meet and greet. And I thought, oh, that'll there be easy. There you go. I've been slacking. I you need have to level to. up. <laughs> I know. We need to do that. I've got my girl to 12. We need to get your dude to 12. I think he's at nine. Oh, you know what? So I think my He's not girl, too far off. I think my girl just hit 14 because I've been working that hollows chain with the help of some wonderful listeners that have been joining up. So <laughs> I just have to not get too far. But trying to unlock that transcendence trial. Yeah. And that kind of actually leads into the next thing I want to talk about, which was the listener meetup. Yay. So we've talked about it a couple of times, and the date we've selected is... <laughs> August 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Grab your level 12 on Guardian server and meet us at, I think, Meg Mason. Mm, yeah. Because somebody suggested not to meet at Wincott. It gets confusing with other people coming and going inside of the zone, in and out of the zone. So we'll meet at Meg Mason. Cool. Unless we change our mind and can think of another <laughs> landmark that's easy to find. And we're not going to grab her, run her chain. We're no. going to all meander together to the troll caves. Right. Exactly. Cool. So we'll see you there. All right. We're also still hoping to get our interview with Murr. We haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten two questions. I want more. <laughs> Send in questions for the mighty Murr Lafferty, author of Playing for Keeps, the Heaven series, and many, many other amazing things. Yeah. Email quick. Come on. <laughs> CUHpodcast at gmail.com or voicemail at 206-203-1661. Yeah, if you've got questions about the Keepsy universe, if you've got questions about writing, if you've got questions about gaming, because mm-hmm. she is a City of Heroes player. She's also a long-time tabletop she, gamer. Right, long-time tabletop role-player gamer. She actually got her start writing parts of uh, role-play modules yep. for a gaming company. She's done... Yeah, she's been an essayist. She's a columnist for Suicide Girls. Yeah. So, questions about any of the above? Yeah. Bring it. Please. <laughs> so, moving on to the news. The news. We has news. Very important. On July 31st, I was actually going to read this from the patch notes from the test server, which kind of breaks our rule, but it was really important. But they've actually gone back and made it an official issue thing. Mm. They have fixed the... And I don't know if this is the right pronunciation, but Gaussian, G-A-U-S-S-I-A-N, the synchronized fire control chance for buildup is a unique I.O. It should have always only allowed it to be slotted once, but there was a bug that allowed it to be slotted multiple times. Uh So the build that is currently in public testing on the training room corrects the error, but what it does when it corrects the error is it deletes additional ones. It leaves one and deletes the others. Wow. So what they were suggesting was that you do a respec. What they've come out with since then is that on Friday, August 1st, they were able to run a script to grant anyone who had multiple Gaussian synchronized fire control chance for buildup slotted a free respec. So they would be able to Mm -hmm. then respec those extras out because when they run that patch on live, the extras are gone. Right. Deleted non-recoverable so run your respec (laughs) only leave one of those unique ios slotted yeah or you lose it and that's pretty cool of them to do because as they were saying on the forums back and forth was it's always stated that it could always be slotted once the warning was on the label you shouldn't have slotted it more than once it's gone so in a way it's like an exploit exactly so fair game to wipe them yep 
So do that quickly, because I think that's going to go live early next week, August 4th or later. So don't waste your time. Get to it. (laughs) Next, we have NCSoft announcing that they have expanded their retail presence with new game cards. Basically, they're going to be selling the new game cards at Target, Best Buy, and Rite Aid to start. You'll be able to buy the game cards for City of Heroes, Tabula Rasa, and X-Steel. I didn't realize X-Steel had launched. Apparently it has. Huh. Also, you'll get bonus items that will enhance your gameplay experience. For City of Hero cards, you get an exclusive in-game jetpack in addition to a convenient way to download and play the comic book-inspired online computer game without requiring a credit card. The City of Heroes game cards will retail for $20 US and come with 30 days of gameplay. So you're paying $5 more Hmm. to do it that way, which... You know, that might be cool the first month when you've got that jetpack. Right. But after that, no. And I think I saw Back Alley Brawler. I can't remember who it was. Somebody on the forums, one of the red names, saying that it was something that was released in a different version of the game that wasn't available here. So mm. it's. I think it's a unique jetpack. Don't hold me to that. I didn't print that off like I should have. Tabula Rasa game cards will retail for $14.95, available exclusively at Best Buy stores. You get an exclusive in-game rocket. Cool. The X-Teal game card will be $10, will include 1,000 NC coins plus 200 bonus N coins to purchase more powerful weapons, skills, and parts for your fighting mechanaut. So yeah, pick those up at Target, Best Buy, and Rite Aid. Interesting. There you go. And I think that'll be good because it'll get people that are looking at the game cards. Maybe they'll pick it up and try the game for first time and mm-hmm. get more subscribers. The next announcement is more options, purchasable character respects. City of Heroes has expanded their suite of available purchasable services to include character respects, short for respecifications. Over the course of leveling up, there are many powers that a character can choose from. A character respec allows the character to reselect their powers from their chosen primary and secondary powers, along with any other pools of powers they have access to. To be clear, this optional, purchasable respec does not allow the primary or secondary power set to be reselected. It functions like existing respecs currently available in-game. Mm-hmm. Optional character respects are available via the in-game store found at the character select screen for the per-transaction price of $9.99 US. There are already multiple in-game methods that players can obtain a respec. Now, if the convenience of purchasing a respec is desired, it is available. Having a purchasable option has been an often heard desire from the game's customers. Once players purchase a respec, they must then visit a respec contact in-game to use it in the same manner as the in-game obtainable respects are done. The respect contacts include Jack Wolf in Galaxy City, that's inside the city building there, mm-hmm. and Arbiter Lupin in Nerva. I have no idea where that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's a discussion link. There was some back and forth on that. There was uh, quite a bit of discussion. And we had Positron actually do a follow-up on one of the questions. He says, just a quick follow-up. We have no plans of getting rid of free specs. Each issue that brings with it major power changes, which is pretty much every single one, eh? That sounded very Canadian. (laughs) We'll bring a free spec with it. We have no plans of getting rid of the respec trials. We have no plans of getting rid of the dropped respec recipes. We have no plans of getting rid of the vet respecs that your account earns. This is simply another way to get a respec onto your character. Positron. 
A lot of people are really excited about that, but then there mm-hmm. are a lot of people saying you're dumbing down the game. Right. You're making it too easy, too simple. People are just going to be able to open their paychecks and buy a level 50 soon, you know, <laughs> which you basically can now. You just can't right. pay Soft for it. Yeah, you just have to go to a third party. Right. They just don't like that Soft is handing over that kind of, you know advantage to people and you and i kind of well at least i've kind of liked the fact that you had to earn it you know Mm. well when you look at something like world of warcraft where the barrier to respecting is much lower essentially you can do it whenever you want yeah and it costs in-game money Mm -hmm. costs gold and it gets more expensive more frequently you do it Mm -hmm. but if you haven't done it for a while it kind of goes back down again Mm -hmm. so i don't know I'm kind of torn. Every game makes certain things simpler mm-hmm. as they get older. Right. Like travel. Traveling, absolutely. Leveling. And then how to modify your existing characters. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's a high enough barrier that it won't be abused. But even if somebody's abusing it and respecting every weekend... To do PvP and then respecting to a PvE build during the week, I mean, mm-hmm. who cares? It yeah. doesn't really affect you. You know, it affects their gaming experience, not right. your gaming experience. It's true. And they're not taking away the existing ways to do it. Right. So if you feel your character needs to earn it and can only do it three times in their career, then yeah. don't use the free specs and don't ever buy one. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just... Nah, one of those things. This led to a discussion well, last weekend. We had brought up that there's going to be some out-of-game rewards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been speculating on our forums about what it might be. Mm-hmm. And somebody had suggested that it would be the uh, rested XP like you have in WoW and Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. Right. So when you're out of game, you get a certain multiplier for your XP the next time you log in. And yeah. that opened a whole can of worms of discussion about how it kind of cheapens the work that everybody else puts into the game. Especially with the XP leveling that they just did. I think mm. Metal Maiden made that point. Gotcha. Is yeah. that it's easy enough with the XP leveling and with the sidekicking. If your friends have leveled past you, mm-hmm. they sidekick you. You go on, you know? True. So, But there's level-restricted zones. and Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, every game as they mature has done this. Really? So... Yeah, every game. Every game's made added new portal types and, and new horses and routes. Every game's done some kind of leveling, um, flattening to make it easier to level. Every game... And it's to retain customers. Yeah. Mm. One of the things is, I mean, you know, City Heroes is four years old now, so yeah. people who have been grinding through the same mission types yeah. may not want to grind so long to get that next 50 yeah. up there. And Dark Age of Camelot, one of the things they did is once you had reached level 50, you had the option of any new character you created automatically started at 20. Mm. Because, you know, those first 20 levels were such a grind. Well, and you do those more than any other levels in the game because you might have 20 level 15 characters, Mm -hmm. 15 or higher, where you've only got like two or three level 50s. So you've done that content exponentially more times. So many people hit level 20 and that's at the point where they have enough powers to really know if they're going to enjoy that build or not. Yeah. And that's, that's why true. a lot of people stop there because mm-hmm. that's where the XP starts getting harder mm-hmm. to get and you abandon a lot of characters because yeah. it just isn't fun once you get all those powers. So, 
there's plenty of precedent. Every other company's done it. Every other game's done it. Whether yeah. it's right or not, I don't know. Well, right defined. Yeah. Is probably defined by how many subscribers they have and whether yeah. they're making enough profit to stay in business. Seems to be an industry best practice, right. we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> and Champions Online is getting closer and closer. Yeah. And they got to, you know, that's some major competition. Yeah. That's the first game that's, you know, square in their space. Yeah. And we were actually talking about that, I think, in the Global Channel a couple nights ago, that I was thinking about wanting to run the tabletop game or the pen and paper game or whatever it's called, just to see what it's like and how they'll convert that to a game, an online game. So we've never tried that. So I had some good information given to me about that, and I would like to check it out. I just don't know if I want to invest that kind of a chunk of money in it, you know, to try it out. So we'll see. I guess it's more of an immersion experience kind of thing where you know it's almost like you would expect to see like a training montage in an 80s movie if somebody (laughs) were to try and change their powers significantly Mm. and i always think of it as something that's cool that you have to earn but i i mean it's fine that you can buy it because technically you could buy it in the auction house and i didn't throw a fit with that right you could buy the respec recipe drop so i guess really eh, it's not a big deal if i really wanted to get upset i probably should have gotten upset when they offered that recipe which a lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems so vulgar. <laughs> Here's well, $10, you know, let me belly up to the bar with this. And but you can do the, that in game already. One of the things I've really wanted that a lot of people will feel is vulgar oh, yeah. is the complete respect right. that lets you change your power sets. So I could take my level 50 fire devices blaster and make him ice ice. Or your level 35 mind control bubbler that you've kind of given up on because you know you wanted a pet you're not going to get a pet and you've done all this work and change them to gravity something yeah to just be able to buy that and do it i think would be pretty vulgar (laughs) but i think as a task force that is a very arduous difficult one yeah that your character has to go through something so you know massive that it literally changes Changes the powers their power set i think would be a fair thing to do but a lot of people feel you have to only build new characters and work earn your way through the levels for it yeah oh no man and then somebody said hey how about a special task force that lets you Take a hero and convert him into a villain. I or a thought that was convert him into a hero. very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I really did. Unless they have those proliferated powers, clearly you'd probably be changing power sets. Yeah. Um, and you might even be changing archetypes. That's so. very intriguing to me, though, because you see that frequent. Well, not frequently, but you do see that where mm-hmm. you've got like Jane Grey turning into Phoenix and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I probably got those names wrong, and I'll get corrected, but. That's how I remember them. (laughs) I'm not a comic book encyclopedia, that's for sure. We did have, well, and here is another thing from the test server that normally I wouldn't read, but I got Uh kind of swept up in it, so I'm going to read it. Okay. (laughs) On July 31st, they did Halloween event testing on the training server. Oh, yeah. The training room. And I almost missed it because I saw it was at one thirty, and I was like, oh, it's 4.30. Or, it, yeah, it was 4.30. And I said, oh, I missed it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, at 5.30, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was a two-hour test. So I, at 5.30, I was like, wait a minute. That's specific time. I can still get in. <laughs> so what they did was they opened up. 
for a brief test, about a two hour window on the training room to test the uh, 2008 Halloween event. Are you going to give specifics? Because we should probably give a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You don't want to know what's coming. People have been talking about it in game. True. People have been talking about it all over the forums. They've got the announcement on the forums itself, on the announcement page. Mm -hmm. So anybody that goes there is going to see it. They're not trying to keep it a secret. This isn't one of those, shh, don't tell nobody's. But in case you want to be surprised when Halloween rolls around, you want to fast forward a couple minutes. Yeah. Cover your ears and go, (laughs) la, 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 (laughs) la. Along with the previous year's trick-or-treating, they are also including a massive zombie apocalypse. <laughs> the zompocalypse. The zompocalypse. <laughs> They're actually calling it the zombie apocalypse, but that's a lot of syllables. So zompocalypse works for me, babes. Good job. Yes. <laughs> During the above testing time on the training room, be wary for the uneasy dead. They may assault any region in the game at any time. For those familiar with the Rigti invasions, the zombie assaults function in much the same manner. After the Halloween event has concluded, there will still be a period of an hour or more of occasional zombie activity. The Apocalypse-associated badges. There are a number of badges associated with fighting off hordes of zombies. These badges correspond to overcoming each different zombie type, the minions, lieutenants, bosses, and elite bosses, in certain numbers for each type. I can tell you, because I didn't really get to do any trick-or-treating, I was on my level 50 imp, and she is weak and frail. So (laughs) I wasn't going to trick-or-treat without a team, and I wasn't able to get a team before it ended. Uh I did get there. I got the patch loaded, and I logged in in time to see... Well, the first thing I logged into, because I had logged out the last time in the tailor, for whatever reason. Oh, because I just got my samurai armor. So I put that on. Mm -hmm. So when I logged in, I was still in the tailor, and I saw these people standing around with pumpkin heads (laughs) and i was like oh cool okay so i jumped over to steel because that's always where stuff's always happening so i go over there and as soon as i hit the zone people were rallying for a team went over there got on a team actually ironically ended up on a team with sloth oh wow (laughs) (laughs) i was like i knew that name from you know the podcast channel and all that stuff like that and i just was so swept up in everything going on that i then forgot to ask Uh. you know is this you Right. But later on in forums, we figure out, hey, we should watch you. I saw you. You know, there we were. It was cool. But while fighting in Steel Canyon, and this was over an hour into the testing time, mm-hmm. I missed apparently the first round of stuff. While I was fighting in there, I was fighting alongside Positron. Oh. The Positron. But because of the lag, because it was really hard to really pick anything out, I didn't get any screen captures. Plus, I was like a fangirl. I was like, positive, positive. I think I actually in broadcast said squee, you know, fangirl yeah. squee or something like that. <laughs> but I didn't get any screen captures. Very disappointed about that. And then he took off because everybody's going crazy that he was there. But the, the event itself was really cool. I don't like zombies. I don't like zombies. I don't like zombies. Mm-hmm. But J-Love definitely put some love into these zombies because there were different <laughs> types. And as he said, some may resemble people if you really look. So when the event goes live, you'll want to go look and take mm. a really close look at them and see if you can pick out who they're modeled after. Interesting. And like the elite boss zombie definitely had some character to them. They were very gross. They were all very nasty because they're zombies. But it was a really cool event. And I got the badges. I mean, we were there was a lot of people 
Mm-hmm. You know, we were rallied around the usual point. So we're fighting and positrons, they're fighting with us, not 10 feet from the positron that you get the task force <laughs> from. So it was like, oh my gosh, two posies in one place. But it was right at that usual place where you do Richter invasion. Mm-hmm. And I got those, I got three badges almost immediately, which unlocked, I, I don't know at which point, but I had three badges and the costume part, the pumpkin head costume mm-hmm. part. Which Ooh. I took a screen capture of, and it's in our forums gallery. <laughs> so, yeah. It was really cool. And, again, I didn't see the trick-or-treating. So I'm just going to read from that. I have no input to put. Mm-hmm. For trick-or-treating, like the previous year's Halloween events, while the event is running, players will be able to investigate various doors throughout zones that are level appropriate for their characters to receive either a naughty trick, which is the spawning of a number of different critters, or a special treat. The trick-or-treating aspect has changed slightly from previous years. Treats can be inspirations, event salvage, or temporary powers slash costumes. For more details or spoilers about last year's Halloween event, visit the excellent player-created resource at Paragon Wiki. We've made some adjustments to trick-or-treating based on your feedback from previous years. For this test, and again, this was the test. This isn't necessarily how it's going to roll out live. Right, right. We would like your feedback about how often tricks or treats are given out, as well as the frequency you can trick or treat, and the spawn sizes encountered when you get a trick while part of a group. The current parameters are as follows. A person can only click on a door once every five minutes. An individual door. Right. When they click the door, their name is added to a list kept on the door. If their name is on the list, they can't use that door. That list is cleared every five minutes. Mm -hmm. There is a 10-second timer preventing you from clicking another door immediately. Spawns will spawn according to the team size of the player opening the door. If the spawns have no one to fight for a period of time, they move to a door and leave. If they can't get to a door, they will fade out. So what I was seeing while I was not trick-or-treating was the worst halloween trick-or-treat griefing that i've seen in the two years that they've since they've started it yeah people were literally going click door next door click next door click next door click and leaving these mobs Mm -hmm. like nobody's business which i understand that was part of the test but i think that's going to be really similar to what we see on the live servers wow and whether it's right or wrong we would pick a nice hidden doorway out of the main path of things and there would be a group of us, and we would camp that doorstep. And that right. may not be in the true spirit of trick-or-treating, but we also cleaned up all of our mobs. Mm-hmm. We never left mobs running around unless for some distracted moment we got wiped, went to the hospital, came back, and cleaned them up. And I think we are going to have crazy griefing. Yeah. That's the thing that bothers me, is the people like us, we're going to be fighting mobs all day long and not getting to trick-or-treat. Because we'll be standing there, and somebody will come and click the door and leave us with their fight. Right. I'm anxious about that, but it does make it a more, more realistic, realistic trick-or-treat moving experience. Moving door to door to door. I just dread it. Like, majorly dread it. Yeah. And there's no mention, from what I can see, of the Jack and Irons, the Eokai roaming around in other zones with the Unseely Court. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any mention of that in their announcement. I didn't hmm. see any discussion of that while on the training room server. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Interesting. Which I won't miss. I've got it on my badge hound and a couple of others. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the 
you know, with the badge hounds, it always raises the discussions of the some people upset because they can't get it on their new characters. The real completists who want to get every badge and every character will be upset because they can't get them. But then the other people are always upset when you bring things back because they like having event specific badges that are unique that nobody can ever get again. Right. But. That's yeah. a whole other, that's a special episode. Yeah, that we won't be doing. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> you basically covered it right there. There is a whole subculture to badge hunting. There that, absolutely is. That I do want to cover absolutely. in an episode. And I've got some people in mind yes. to interview specifically about it. Yes. But yeah, that's a whole thing. It is. And, I, and I'm all about doing an episode on badge hunting, but not about that particular debate we're not going to do an episode of that debate right 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 (laughs) it was fun though i look forward to it coming on live i don't look forward to the griefing with the trick-or-treating that's gonna be a drag yeah i skipped almost all trick-or-treating last year i did very little of it because i had already gotten we had plenty of halloween salvage saved up so new characters could unlock their extra character slots i want to get some more this year though there are Badge Hound characters already had the badges, so mm-hmm. I got them in just to do enough to get the new badges. Mm. And the costume And I just stuff. avoided it because I, the I, year before, it had gotten so tedious. Yeah. Chasing those unsealies around. I still had an, enough. <laughs> well, and that was the thing that irked me the first year was that, well, our first year was that they had Eokai and mm-hmm. Jack and Irons. They go from the different zones. Well, to get the unsealies... People would take just the unsealies and then, yeah, then leave Eokai. Yeah. So you would have a giant monster wandering around the zone, and you'd have three teams battling them until the unsealies were gone, and then they would just leave Eokai wandering around and then go to the next zone. Which I think. Yeah. I that doesn't that's not heroic to me. That's not like what I look when I play the game. I play it with a certain kind of moral compass, and I mm-hmm. get irritated when other people are just you know grabbing theirs and getting out. But right. That's life. You know, whatever. We also have an announcement. A reminder that the Matrix Machinima Contest ends August 10th. Mm -hmm. There are only a handful of days left to put together your Machinima video with City of Heroes or City of Villains and have the chance to win the grand prize of a 2009 model year Toyota Matrix S filled with good stuff. It is a car, babe. It, it is, is a car. car. Yes. That's an awesome prize. <laughs> Submissions must be uploaded to GameTrailers.com by August 10th. Winners will be announced on Spike GTTV on September 12th. And then there's a link for the contest details and rules. Mm-hmm. Another announcement, the Richty return, which we had previously warned you about. Mm-hmm. The invasion from August 1 to August 7. The looming threat. I don't know if I'm going to read this whole thing again. I think we've read it a bunch of times. Just remember, it's August 1st to August 7th. The next one will be September 26th through October 2nd. And then we have November 14th through November 20th. And that's the last announced. Those are the last. Rickety. That I've seen scheduled. Somebody said that they've talked about doing them next year, but I I haven't seen Mm -hmm. any scheduled. So, yeah. Go. Hunt. (laughs) Kill Rickety. Hello, this is Cthulhu from the internet video show Calls for Cthulhu, and you're listening to the City of Heroes podcast. You know, in my experience, heroes are just like ordinary people. 
Except it's harder to peel them out of those spandex suits before you eat them. So it's now two days after we first started recording. And I'm telling you that because some of what we said before about a couple of items here are going to seem strange if you don't know that. <laughs> so we, we recorded the bulk of the episode on Sunday. We had some family mm-hmm. stuff come up. It's now Tuesday. Chooch is home. And we're knocking this sucker out. Yes. So we have patch notes. There was a patch today. (laughs) Additional patch notes. Yeah, you just got the last patch notes and now you're getting more patch notes. So let's get started here. On August 5th, we had a new version go to the live servers. For chat, fixed an issue where a player would not receive tells or see team chat messages as they were zoning. Mm -hmm. For invention, stupefy chance for knockback. This recipe's description should now be consistent with the enhancements description, describing both as being knockback, not knockdown. Ah, big difference. And as we discussed previously, Gaussian's synchronized fire control should now properly be a unique enhancement. Mm, mm-hmm. There was, I noticed, a pop-up when you logged into the game. Mm-hmm. I think it was yesterday that told you you got a respec if you had more than one slotted so respec before so hopefully y'all did that location targeted powers slotted with pacing of the turtle dark watchers despair or induced coma enhancement sets chance for minus recharge will no longer affect the caster does that mean it was slowing you if you're the one using it that's what it it sounds like (laughs) i'm reading it again because Location targeted power slotted with pacing of the turtle dark watchers despair or endosed coma enhancement sets chance for minus recharge will no longer affect the caster. It would slow you down. Chance for minus recharge. So, so it sounds like it wouldn't physically slow you, but it it would would slow slow your your attack. Yeah. Your attack rate. Recharge rate. All right. Well, that's, that's, (laughs) that's something worth pushing the patch out for mm-hmm. fixed several typos and io set enhancement descriptions which stated this enhancement may be oh wait it says this enhancement might be which should have been this enhancement maybe i've come across a lot of text errors in the enhancements the recipes and inconsistencies mm-hmm. between the two well, when they release the patch note patches they'll probably fix the typos yeah <laughs> har 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 <sighs> Good one, on. Good one. <laughs> Set bonuses that state they increase movement speed will now boost the base movement of the character instead of enhancing movement speed boosting powers. Huzzah. <laughs> for powers, fire control cinders. This power was allowing for range enhancements even though it's a PBAOE power. This has been corrected. Senders can no longer be slotted for range enhancements. Updated info description of Minotaurs. The Omega device is no longer targetable by players. Plant control entangle. This power will now correctly knock flying targets out of the air only if they are close to the ground. Plant control roots. Same thing. Only will knock flying targets out of the air if they are close to the ground. The Warburg nuke chemical burn. Power now correctly states that it reduces the target's defense and not accuracy in its long help. Hmm. Adjusted the animation for energy transfer. 
For tasks, the Ouroboros missions will now issue a gold star and the proper badge upon completion. Good job. Thumbs up. (laughs) For badges and accolades, change the name of the badge granted from flashback challenges by buffing enemies from Valorous, I think it's how you pronounce it, to Fearless. I know that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) That one I got. Demonic Aura and Eye of the... Mages. These powers had their short (laughs) health changed. They previously stated these powers had a self-debuff. However, this was incorrect. The erroneous data in the short help was removed. Compatibility. Resolved issue of certain geometry displaying back textures with NVIDIA GeForce 8 (gasps) Plus Series video cards. Thank you. I can have my two monitors back. Yay. I don't know why it only did it when I ran two monitors, but... Nail Bunny, I think, was so having strange. problems, too, and he said he just upgraded something to something. <laughs> Hopefully this fixes his problem, too. Yeah. I pray to God, if you don't fix the computer problems I have, I'm going to quit playing. Okay, everybody. Public outcry. <laughs> oh, jeez. Public outcry. Chooch, fix our computer. Uh, needs to buy RAM. I got auctions to check on, dude, and we've got our <laughs> game night tomorrow night, our regular gaming night. So, mm-hmm. so handle the business, my friend. Don't forget. Podcast at gmail.com. Chooch, fix Viv's computer. <laughs> and next up, gameplay. Fixed rare crash when rapidly transferring salvage to base storage. Fixed rare crash when chatting in a supergroup channel. <laughs> I wonder how they figured that one out. I mean, I would never put that into a bug report well i was typing in the chat channel and it bombed out yeah you know i always say i just zoned from here to there or whatever i would never make a connection that chatting in a specific yeah. channel caused a crash and that seems to be when i'm having the most of my crashing is when i'm zoning into the game when i'm yeah. logging in or i'm zoning from place to place so that's are you sure that that's what been my experience you tested in my memory's bad <laughs> well we know my memory's bad but on my computer my memory's bad I, yes, I did. I ran an actual diagnostic. I booted into an assembly language compiled diagnostic utility, and your memory failed. He did all of that just so I can't have a new computer. He likes having the newest computers, guys, just so you know. City of Heroes powers for blasters. Psychic blast, psionic dart. This power's long help should now accurately state that this power deals moderate damage. Also, Blaster's Psychic Blast Mental Blast. This power's long help should now accurately state that this power deals high damage. Blaster's secondary powers now give the correct defiance bonus. Honest. (laughs) That was irony. Ah, I knew a detector went off. (laughs) For defenders, cold domination heat loss. The Endurance Recovery buff portion of this power was granting 10 times greater recovery than was intended. This has been corrected. (laughs) 10 times greater recovery. That's a lot. That's that's a lot. Scrappers. (laughs) Scrappers, martial arts, and somebody's going to scream nerf. I'm just, I can't believe I haven't seen a post already. Nerf! I said, that's a lot. It would remind me of the one Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Seven days. That's, that's a week. week. <laughs> that's like my favorite line ever, I swear. Okay, not ever, but it's in my top ten. Hmm. 
for Scrapper's Martial Arts Dragon's Tail, corrected the critical hit portion of this power so that it is equal to the power's normal damage. For Peacebringers, all Peacebringer attacks that have a minus defense component will now show the debuff defense effects. For Luminous Blast Radiant Strike, this power's long help stated it dealt high damage. This was corrected to state that it deals superior damage. Rawr. <laughs> Rawr. <laughs> Warshade's Umbral Aura Eclipse. Use of inspirations of damage buffs will no longer increase the resistance granted by this power. Ooh. Interesting. City of Villains powers Arachnos Soldiers. Bane Spider armor upgrade should no longer have brief double application of the Heath bonus. I'm guessing health bonus applied. <laughs> that makes sense. Need a patch for the patch notes. They're giving out Heath bars. <laughs> Ooh, I love Heath As bars. a bonus. Hey, is that that offline reward? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome because I love me some Heath bars. This week you earned two Heath bonuses. <laughs> that rocks. You know, that's the only good blizzard that Dairy Queen has is the Heath bar. <laughs> I'm just saying. The other flavors, meh. I'm partial to M&M's, but... Oh, no. You can't have chocolate and ice cream because it gets hard and then you can't chew it and it doesn't melt in your mouth. Nuts are hard and you like them in ice cream. Oh, but they're not supposed to melt. They're supposed oh, to crunch. Oh, I see. They're crunchy. I you know see. I like crunchy gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. This means you won't have your max health fluctuating any longer. Now, there it doesn't say Heath. Wide area web grenade... <laughs> This power should now have target and caster hit messages. For Brute's Super Reflexes Evasion, the Brute version of this power will no longer have its defense affected by attacker's level. Alright, I'm guessing you Brutes know what that means. <laughs> For Brute Invulnerability Invincibility, this power was generating substantially more threat than was intended. It has been brought down to generate a similar amount of threat as generated by a tanker. From Mastermind's Ninja Call Ganon, removed Quiver FX from Mastermind Ganon pets when upgraded. Improved damage of Mastermind Ganon Shuriken powers. They now recharge more slowly and take slightly more endurance as well. Mastermind Ninja Jounin should work as they did with I-12 launch. All changes to their AI since have been reverted out. The Orbor's portal will now have a description in its info if selected by a mastermind. Robotics Pulse Rifle Blast. This power can no longer be slotted with knockback enhancements as it doesn't have a knockback component. <laughs> That's kind. Could save kind. you some slotting. Yeah. Mastermind Soldier Medics now lose their Brawl attack when their Tier 1 upgrade is applied. This makes them less likely to rush forward into combat. Okay, that makes sense. Mastermind soldier medics no longer throw their frag grenades. Instead, they are launched from their submachine gun. Mastermind necromancy Lich. torrent power should now only do knockdown unless slotted with knockback enhancements or otherwise buffed. <laughs> I had trouble with some words. <laughs> I need Twitch to say them for me. Tasks. The find and assist Barracuda mission in the Temple of Waters Strike Force will fail if you let Barracuda get defeated. Dr. Vimes will now appear in the Kidnap Dr. Franklin Vimes mission. Convenient. That helps to kidnap. <laughs> the contact Darren Wade now sells enhancements. And that's it for news. 
again. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have an announcement from Stormax, known as Stormax on our forums. Yes. Our COH podcast forums. The Guns of Paragon 4th Anniversary Extravaganza. The Guns of Paragon are celebrating their 4th anniversary as a supergroup. Wow. That's awesome. Where? Infinity Server, Atlas Park Plaza. When? August 15th, which is a Friday, starting at 7.30 Eastern. The announcement goes on to say, We have had four proud years in Paragon City, and now it's time to party. (laughs) This year, we are going all out and celebrating with over two billion, that's with a B, influence Influence and prizes. We really want to give back to the community that has kept us going over the past four years and to show everyone what it means to be a gun of Paragon. Wow. Events of the celebration include... Evangel's Hide and Seek Atlas Park Challenge at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And again, this is August 15th, which is a Friday night. Mm-hmm. For the fourth year in a row, Evangel celebrates the anniversary of Guns of Paragon by holding a hide and seek contest in Atlas Park. Players will see if they can find him hiding somewhere in the zone. All level characters are welcome, as he will be hiding in a spot reachable without the aid of travel powers. The lucky person that finds him first will win influence, a fully crafted enhancement, and a rare salvage item. Hmm. At 7.50 p.m. Eastern, that's 7.50, Evangel's Hide and Seek Multi-Zone Challenge. This time, Evangel hides in one of four possible zones, and over the course of the contest, clues given by other guns of Paragon will help seekers determine where he is. And again, the first person to find him wins influence, a fully crafted enhancement, and a rare salvage item. Guns of Paragon Atlas Park Scavenger Hunt at 8.15 p.m. That's 8.15. The Guns of Paragon will host a scavenger hunt where players will need to run around Atlas Park searching for members of the Guns of Paragon that will give tokens, assign tasks, and give pieces of information about the Guns of Paragon. The first group to get all of the tokens, complete all the tasks, and hear all of the pieces of information wins. The winning group will get influence, rare recipes, and rare salvage items. The Guns of Paragon Arena Challenge at 8.45 p.m. Eastern. You think you have what it takes to take down the Guns of Paragon? Well, now here's your chance. The Guns will host an arena event where heroes can come out and take on members of the Guns of Paragon. Whether you want to duel or have big team battles, the guns will take on any challenger. (laughs) And if you win, you get an influence prize and bragging rights. (laughs) The mother of all costume contests. 10 o'clock Eastern. This is the big one. Ladies and gentlemen, every year we've been known to hold a big event ending costume contest with huge prizes. And this year we've pushed it to the max. Third place in the costume contest will win 100 million influence. Wow. A fully crafted rare enhancement and more. Second place will win 500 million. Yep, that's 500 million for second place. (laughs) A fully crafted rare enhancement and more. And for the first place prize, this is not a typo, 1 billion with a B, influence. That's wow. right. We are going all out for our fourth birthday by awarding one lucky winner 
one billion influence. <laughs> you could almost get a numinous for that. <laughs> JK, JK, you won't want to miss this event. The Guns of Paragon out with a bang Rickty Raid. Ooh, that, oh, I don't have a 35 on that server. <sighs> the Guns of Paragon know how to party, and we know how to go out with a bang. After the events of the night are over, we call for everyone that wants to join in to come out to the Rickty War Zone where the Guns of Paragon's resident badge expert, Masuro, will lead a Rickty mothership raid. Come out and help us take down alien scum. <laughs> it's bound to be a night of fun, excitement, and insanity, so mark it down and come prepared for the event of a lifetime. And be sure to look sharp for a chance to win one billion influence. <laughs> wow. Yamahama. The following people can be contacted in-game for details or questions about the event. Please only contact them with questions about the events if anything here is confusing. And that's at E-V-A-N-G-E-L or at M-A-S-U-R-A-O or at T-A-M-I-N. And we can't wait to see you on August 15th. So, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, congrats, guys. And sounds like an amazing event. Absolutely. And apologies to whoever's name I slaughtered. But, <laughs> yeah, that's how I roll. I really like the idea of how they're doing the scavenger hunt because I thought that would be fun to do, a scavenger hunt, but I never quite figured out how to do it. I keep thinking, well, you know, you could ask for particular items, but then people can just run to an auction house and buy yeah. them or yeah. trade them or whatever. And that's a really good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So good luck. Hope that events goes well. We are going to try to be there. Can't yeah. promise anything, but maybe we'll be able to get our regular gaming group to go over there in mass mm-hmm. and join in the fun. We will pause for a station identif- No, wait, we don't do that. We'll pause for a promo. <laughs> <laughs> that we do. And be right back. Hi there, my name is Mer Lafferty, and last winter my superhero novel, Playing for Keeps, was the first book to be delivered via audio and PDF podcast at the same time. 20,000 people have enjoyed this novel, and now it's coming out in print. Playing for Keeps will be published by Swarm Press this August 25th. Many of you helped this book become one of the most popular in podcast history, and I'd like your help again. I need to make a splash on Amazon to push my book up the charts and get more exposure. So I'm asking you to head to Amazon on August 25th to purchase Playing for Keeps. Don't think that since I'm hitting print, I'm forsaking the podcasting. During the month of August, I'll be celebrating the print release of Playing for Keeps with several treats. I'm reawakening stories of the third wave, bringing you content connected to the world of Playing for Keeps from hot names in podcasting, like Christopher Lester, Casey Schultz, Matthew Wayne Selznick, J.C. Hutchins, and Matt Wallace, just to name a few. I'm holding a video contest for the song Playing for Keeps, where contestants can win Swarm Books, Beatnik Turtle CDs, or a flip video camera. Close to the launch of the book, I'll be re-releasing the PDF, along with all the original comic book art, styled by Jared Axelrod and Natalie Metzger, and an exclusive can't-find-anywhere-else short story called Parasite Awakens. And on the day of, the day when we do our assault on Amazon and make you all heroes of the 25th, You'll have frequent video updates from me, letting you know how the book is doing, and perhaps some messages from other podcasters. It should be very amusing. So go now to playingforkeepsnovel.com, right now, 
and subscribe to get the new content, the PDFs, and the video updates. And remember to go to Amazon.com on August 25th to purchase the book. I can't do it without you. feature this episode is an overview of the shadow shard awesome and this information was all garnered from paragon wiki our favorite resource for details yeah it's basically (laughs) the only place i could find information i combed all over the city of heroes site and couldn't find really anything (laughs) the shadow shard is an alternate dimension permanently linked to by the portal corporation It is called the Shadow Shard because among its inhabitants are many that appear as shadows of familiar enemies from the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. The Shard is a world of islands and rocks floating in a strange colored sky. Humans from the main COX dimension have begun to explore the zone and have set up bases of varying sizes across the Shard. The Shard is made up of four different zones. Firebase Zulu, which you get to through Peregrine Island. Cascade Archipelago the Chantry, and the Storm Palace. All are hazard or trial zones. Minimum level to enter the first zone of the Shard is level 40, and the deeper zones have progressively higher minimums. There is a hospital in Firebase Zulu. Enemies across the Shard include natives like the Shadow Shard Reflections, Soldiers of Rularu, Storm Elementals, and visitors from the human dimension such as the Circle of Thorns, Cray, and Nemesis. Several task forces are organized out of the Shard, and missions may be run from several contacts in the zone who will give unlimited missions to high-level heroes. While villains cannot visit the Shadow Shard itself, several higher-level contacts, such as Technician Nailer, offer instanced trips into the Shard. As the Shard maps are all considered trial zones, the player mini-map is initially set to black. This can make navigation quite challenging. Certain transport methods often require a literal leap of faith until the player becomes familiar with a particular zone. Shadow Shard maps are crisscrossed with faint green lines that show origins and destinations of gravity geysers, but their locations are not always clear from the map. Also, mini jumps are vertical and thus do not show up on the 2D map. However, after getting familiar with the zone, many players find the geysers to be a very useful way of getting from mission to mission. The shard maps historically were often affected by a map reset bug that was fixed in I-9. One interesting effect present everywhere within the shadow shard is that gravity is different, meaning that a fall of any distance will not damage the player in any way. There is no falling damage whatsoever in the shadow shard. If a character falls off of an island... He will fall to the bottom of the zone and then be teleported back to a safe place on the first island in the zone, the one with the teleport gateway back to Zulu or in Zulu, Firebase Zulu itself. This can be frustrating to players who are attempting to get to a destination via Gravity Geyser and miss. However, it can be advantageous as well, offering a convenient route back to Firebase Zulu and hence Paragon City, as well as a handy way to escape enemy encounters that are going poorly. Non-flying enemies that fall over the side of an island are never seen again. They are not defeated, so do not provide XP or badge credit, they just vanish. The Shadow Shard houses the largest zones in the game, 
some can take many minutes of continuous use of a travel power to cross. Various travel power methods, of course, are fly. As the zones are comprised of floating islands truly in three dimensions, flight powers are greatly appreciated. Group fly finds one of its limited uses here, although the restrictions on proximity and the demands of endurance drain represent major drawbacks. Note that geysers represent very high speed travel, and even flying players may find them worth using if their direction is convenient. Teleport powers are also considered essential, not only for the fast three-dimensional movement, but also for Recall Friend. The Shadow Shard represents some of the only zones where the maximum range of Recall Friend is regularly exceeded, requiring the teleportee to try to keep up at least somewhat. However, slotting a range SO or IO into Recall Friend's inherent slot can ameliorate this to an extent. Jumping powers are useful for minor sorties into the Shadow Shard. However, most islands are deliberately placed to be further than the maximum distance. Jumpers are likely to need the geysers for most of their travel. Those with super speed are most likely to be left behind. Not only is movement difficult, but not impossible. The native soldiers of Rularu have a large number of increased perception foes, reducing the effectiveness of the stealth component of super speed. The Good vs. Evil Jump Jet. The Jump Jet from the Good vs. Evil Edition is a useful power to have within the Shadow Shard. Firstly, it can be used as an emergency help if a geyser jump misfires. Secondly, when combined with Super Jump, it allows the character to leap across several islands or some of the larger gaps without any issue. And thirdly, combined with Fly, it will boost the speed of flight slightly for 30 seconds. A little more detail getting around via the gravity geysers. The first person you'll see in Firebase Zulu is General Hammond, and the first mission he will give you is a tutorial on how to use the gravity geysers. Gravity geyser travel is a pretty different animal, so pay attention. Teleporters don't need this mode of travel, really, but super jumpers and super speeders will. Flyers don't need it, but the geysers can shorten their travel time by a good bit, so it's worth learning. Unfortunately, what the general tells you is not entirely true, which has caused a lot of player confusion. Stepping on a geyser is much like stepping on a cannon. Each geyser has a slot in the rock that leads up to the geyser itself. To use the geyser, slowly move up that slot and be sure you go straight up the center. These things shoot you a long way, so being even a little off is bad. Once you're in the air, your controls are limited. If you try to go backwards, then you will immediately stop moving forward. If you try to go left or right, then you will lose most of your forward momentum fall unless you also have the forward key pressed down. However, if you do keep that forward key down, by default the W key, you can steer yourself a lot by pushing the left and right keys. Just make sure you keep that forward key down. Holding down the forward key will cause you to go faster forward, but will not break anything. Despite what General Hammond says, people with super jump and super speed should keep their travel power activated. Doing so increases your ability to steer. Given how often geysers will drop you right into a hostile ruler spawn and how easy it is to be a few degrees off as you go up the geyser, the ability to steer is very important. Turning on a flight power will stop you dead, so you don't want that on when geyser jumping. But turning it on after you miss a jump can save you a lot of frustration early on. 
Vertical geysers can be particularly difficult. There's a geyser just south of Point Charlie in Firebase Zulu that can be greatly frustrating to new Shadow Shard players. Done correctly, the geyser will shoot you almost straight up and you will land on an outcrop of rocks sticking out of the island above. If you come at the geyser wrong, though, you will fall to either side of the outcrop. Also, if you hold down your forward key just a little too long, you'll go too far forward and bump your head on the bottom of the outcrop of rock. Having a travel power on magnifies this effect. However, even if you mess up a bit on the geyser, you can still easily correct the jump by steering. All you have to do is watch where you're going. In fact, with super jump or super speed, you can steer yourself right to the next geyser slot to save yourself some time. It's not too hard to tell where a geyser is going most of the time. Simply look down the rock slot and you'll see where you're going. The only exception to this is vertical geysers. All that said, you will need practice to learn how to do this. If you've never used geysers before, don't try to learn them when people are waiting on you. Go in solo and set aside some time just to learn the system. Enemies in the shard are very rough for a single player, so you might want to wait until you have a few levels past 40 and or some good stealth to help keep the wildlife off you while you practice your cannonball runs. Once you get the system figured out, and some practice under your belt though, you'll rarely fall and will be able to get around the giant zones fairly quickly. Note that there are two geysers, one in the Shantry and one in the Storm Palace, that shoot you straight up. If you don't steer, you will land right back at the geyser you jumped from. You'll have to figure out yourself which way you want to go and go there. Both of them shoot you very high, so you'll have plenty of time to steer, assuming you have super jump or super speed on. Little about villain groups in the shard. Rularu the Ravager. Rularu the Ravager is the master of the shadow shard, a godlike entity which absorbs dimensions and stands over a hundred feet in height. Rularu's many powers make him a fearsome opponent, but his greatest weapon is truly his vast knowledge. Having absorbed thousands of dimensions, Rularu knows all the tricks. There is truly no surprising him. Rularu the Ravager menaced Paragon City back in the Roaring Sixties. Luckily, before his interdimensional plundering could properly commence, Rularu was defeated by a group of superheroes. In an ironic coup de grace, the Midnight Squad trapped Rularu in an otherworldly prison called the Shadow Shard, where he's been stewing ever since. There are seven aspects of Rularu. Aspect of Rularu is an arch-villain found at the end of the Cathedral Pain Trial for both heroes and villains. Fragments of Rularu's sentience that serve Rularu in different ways, expressing parts of Rularu's whole. Ruladak the Strong. The leader of the Brutes is a most fearsome tyrant. Ruladak's robe is decorated with gems torn from the Brutes that have displeased him. The removal of the gem results in the Brute's immediate death and eternal dishonor, a fact that troubles Ruladek not in the slightest. He can be found in the task force The Legend of Ruladek. It's more commonly known as the Saramora TF because that is the contact that you get it from. You earn the Destroyer of Strength badge upon completion. Chularn the Slave Lord. Chularn is an extremely cruel and twisted soul. The slaves that run his factory cubes look upon him with great awe and terror, and his barbarism has become legendary throughout the Shadow Shard. The Wisp Seek Mans fare little better than these human slaves, and they have learned to obey Chularn without question. They watch over the Natterlene scavengers and select the choicest items to improve the operation of the factory cubes. 
Kularth the Scavenger. Kularth makes his nest in the repository that feeds parts to the factory cubes. His natterlings roam the Shadow Shard, collecting anything and everything that could be useful. They are always accompanied by a wisp, who Kularth refers to as consultants. The wisp's master, Chularn, prefers to call them supervisors. Allure the Watcher Allure is Ruluru's most trusted field general. He guards the palace and uses his sentries to keep watch over the entire Shadow Shard. Of all Ruluru's fragments, Allure is most similar to Ruluru himself. This makes him skilled and useful, but also dangerous, because Ruluru is not built for servitude. Uralur the Mirror Uralur presides over the Garden of Memories. The beings that reside there are reflections of the worlds that Ruluru has consumed, though it is unclear whether he created them out of remorse or amusement. Uralur has organized many of these reflections into a guard force that patrols the area and keeps the remaining reflections in check. Lanaru the Mad The demented consciousness of Lanaru the Mad is so twisted by rage that it has wrenched itself free of Ruluru. His psychic instability has manifested as a permanent storm that surrounds his castle and himself. He can be found in the task force The Saga of Lanaru. Fathom the Kind Fathom the Kind's sole purpose in life is to protect the innocence of the Shadow Shard. He has worked hard to maintain his independence from Ruluru, despite his imprisonment in the Chantry. He has limited means of rebellion, but he uses his mighty healing powers to assist champions of good when he can. He can be found in the Task Force The Saga of Fathom, and is the contact for the Task Force The Saga of Lanaru. A few notes on these. The observers can see stealthed and invisible heroes, because, you know, they're a giant eye. (laughs) An observer's range of view to notice enemies is average, but the optic blast power has a very long range of attack. Observers are immune to several Mez powers, including Sleep and Confuse. However, they are vulnerable to Hold and Fear. Flight is an inherent power for observers. While knockdown attacks do cause damage, observers cannot be grounded. Hmm. So some of the standout baddies. We're not going to read through all of them. They've got a lot of powers and there's a lot of different guys. Right. (laughs) Just the interesting little tidbits, though. Yeah. Because most of them have the attacks that you expect to see. And mm-hmm. they're just different tiers of what the different things are. So So one that you encounter pretty early and see a lot of are the brutes. These big giant guys with these crystals embedded in their head and yeah. in their hands. The main shock troops in the Ruluru army are the brutes. Faceless and grotesque, the brutes are powerful fighters. Their primary weapons are the giant crystals that sit atop their head but they can also make short work of a hero with their powerful club-like arms. Mm. A standout is the Watcher, which are the giant eyeballs with the teeth for eyelids or eyelashes. The chompers. (laughs) And immediately remind me, and I'm sure a lot of people, of of the Beholders from Dungeons & Dragons days. They're big giant eyeballs. These hideous creatures watch over the entirety of the Shadow Shard. Their giant eyeballs serve not only as a mechanism for exceptional sight, but also as their primary weapon. Mm. Regrettably, standing behind a sentry is no safer than standing in front. Their thorn blasts can tear a hero to shreds, and they seem to be aware of everything around them. The main power... Well, a couple of their main showers are Chomp, 
Mm-hmm. And that's what it sounds like, too. Chomp. Yes. Which is the melee heavy lethal. Sentries can chomp down on nearby foes. Mm-hmm. An optic blast, which is a ranged energy blast, reduces your speed, recharge, and defense. The mm-hmm. optic blast of the sentry has a paralytic effect. Your attack and movement speed, as well as your defense, is reduced. Mm-hmm. Mean. It's fierce, man. The wisps are pretty cool looking, but other than yeah. that, there's not anything really excited about their attacks <laughs> they're really pretty though despite their frail appearance they're quite tough and resilient to physical mm-hmm. attacks yeah although they hate to feel the touch of another living being upon their flesh <laughs> hugs wisp hugs <laughs> the named arch villains which i got you know went through with their backgrounds mm-hmm. um, have some interesting attacks fathom the kind actually has fulcrum shift mm-hmm being Ouch. on the opposite end of that is not pleasant. Really <laughs> <laughs> not. Gets a dispersion bubble, fortitude, <laughs> fulcrum shift, healing, other heal, other, a protection shield, siphon power, <laughs> and fly. Ouch. Not fun. No. Ruladek the Strong is mostly a blaster, although he's got a couple heals and a couple melees, but he has a nova. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the actual Nova. Extreme damage, energy slash smashing with faux knockback. Lanaru the Mad has a bunch of ice-based powers. He has Blizzard, mm. which is a certain blaster's favorite <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> Along with Freezing Rain, Hurricane, Ice Storm. And then in addition to that, he has some energy-based Ion Burst, Ion Field, and then Lightning Storm, Snow Storm, Summon Elemental, who can summon a Cyclone Elemental, Thunderclap, which will disorient you, and of course he can fly. As I said at the beginning, all of the zones in the Shadow Shard are hazard zones, Mm -hmm. and there's a level minimum to enter the initial zone of Firebase Zulu, which you get to from Peregrine Island. Firebase Zulu itself has 12 neighborhoods, two stores... General Hammond is a store contact, and Dr. Scott Watchhorst will buy enhancements but doesn't sell anything. Mm. And since it's the hub to all the other zones, there are transports to go to Cascade Archipelago, the Chantry, Paragon Island, and the Storm Palace. There's a secret portal in Mole Point Alpha to Mole Point Charlie in the Cascade Archipelago. And there's a Hortha Vine in Cascade Archipelago, which is like a wormhole zipsy back. The villain groups in Firebase Zulu include Cray, Nemesis, Shallow Shard Reflections, and Soldiers of Rularu. <laughs> in Cascade Archipelago, a hero needs to be at least level 40 to enter, and it is the second of the Shadow Shard zones. There's a store, uh, Kalarn, a Rularu brute that will buy enhancements but doesn't sell anything. Villain groups include Circle of Thorns, Nemesis, Shadow Shard Reflections, and Soldiers of Ruluru. The Chantry, the hero needs to be at least 42 to enter. That's the third zone. There are nine neighborhoods. There's a contact store called Slara, who is a Ruluru Wisp Overlord that will buy enhancements but does not sell anything. Villain groups include Circle of Thorns, Shadow Shard Reflections, and Soldiers of Ruluru. And then there's the Storm Palace which you need to be level 44 to enter. It's the fourth and last of the Shadow Shard Zones. It has eight neighborhoods, and there's one store, the Nameless Mystic, an entity that will purchase enhancements but does not sell anything. 
Villain groups include the Lanaru and Soldiers of Rularu. And there are four task forces within Shadow Shark. The Dr. Quarterfield Task Force for level range 40 to 44 requires a full group of eight. Starts in Firebase Zulu. Primary enemy, Soldiers of Rularu, Cray, Nemesis, Circle of Thorns. You receive the badge Portal Smasher. Now the description says you cut off the illegal portals the Nemesis army and Cray had built to access the Shadow Shard and prevent the Rularu from escaping into our world. Phew. <laughs> the Saramore Task Force for level ranges 40 to 50 requires a full group of eight. Begins in Cascade Archipelago. Primary enemy is Circle of Thorns, Nemesis, and Soldiers of Ruluru. The actual name of the task force is the Legend of Ruladek. Mm-hmm. But everybody calls it the Saramore Task Force since she's the contact. Yeah. And it's easier to say. <laughs> you receive the badge Destroyer of Strength. And that's the one that we've run. Yeah. You defeated the being known as Ruladek the Strong, freeing the people of the Shadow Shard from his tyranny. Do you remember that one? I do. It, it ended in that black room with that awful, awful, awful man beating <laughs> us up repeatedly. Yes. He's a very bad man. Very bad. Fathom the Kind Task Force, level range 44 to 50, requires a full group of eight, and begins in the Chantry. Primary enemy, soldiers of Rularu. The name is actually the Saga of Lanaru. The badge will receive a Slayer of Madness badge. You defeated the being known as Lanaru the Mad, sparing the people of the Shadow Shard from total destruction. Yay. Pretty good thing to do. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Finally, the Justin Augustine Task Force. Level range 44 to 50 also requires a full group of eight and begins in the Chantry. Primary enemy is Circle of Thorns and Soldiers of Ruluru. The actual name is the Saga of Fathom. You'll receive the Protector of Kindness badge. And in the description says, You saved the being known as Fathom the Kind from capture by the Circle of Thorns. That is the overview of the Shadow Shard. Well done, sweetheart. Very exciting place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, totally different from any other zone you've ever yeah. been to. And the gravity geysers are so much fun to play yeah. with. If you've experienced the winter event and the ski slopes, you've mm-hmm. seen the gravity geysers a little bit. Mm-hmm. But... To have them all over the place. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> Makes me want to go do those other task forces. It's just hard mm-hmm. for us to get a group of eight that can stick it out. Especially, yeah. I think Justin Augustine is that big papa. The one that's like six to eight hours or something crazy. Oh. Like that. <laughs> I haven't run it, so I don't know for sure. But I think that's the one that lasts forever. <laughs> Once again... We hit a wall on editing time and want to get the episode out sooner rather than later. So I'm going to go ahead and cut this off right here. And in a day or two, we shall release a special feedback episode. Okay, thanks. Bye. podcast, its hosts, and websites are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or City of Heroes. All views expressed are solely of the hosts and their guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License, which is explained in detail at cohpodcast.com. Good hunting, heroes.